Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time for 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host. John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys Monday, starting the week off right, looking in the rearview mirror, okay? This episode, and I do have to say before we jump into this, I totally did the whole intro and welcome without hitting go live. Uh, nobody else is going to see that but me, but I had to share. I was I was giggling the whole time. I went through the whole thing. I was like, oh, there's nobody in here. <laughs> where, where is everybody at? Uh, only to realize I didn't click the button to go live. Um, so here we go. Episode number 819, still making rookie mistakes, not learning from the past. So the goal is today, we are going to look back. What are the lessons that can be learned from the 2018 49ers draft. Uh, we always say, like, oh, you can't judge a draft until after four years. But then we get to the four-year point, and people don't want to talk about that draft anymore, right? Like, that, that's kind of the way it goes. So um, we're going to do the dirty work. We are going to look back. We are going to assess. We are going to go through therapy, so to speak, um, for this uh, 2018 draft. And Josh says, is that the Dante Pettis draft? It is. Uh, yes, it is. So we're, we're going to here again. I, I'm not good at, you know, 
clickbait and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to give you all the answers. <laughs> We're going to look in detail. Uh, probably should uh, should have gone one by one. But let me just – I'm going to tell you who we drafted and where we drafted them. Then we're going to go pick by pick, and we're going to look at other positions that were available at that point. Um, compare like Mike McGlinchey, right? You took Mike McGlinchey number nine overall in the first round. What are the other tackles around him? Um, how's that look? Who measures up? Um, should they have gone a different direction? Things like that. So here's the draft. Uh, just again, reading through the 2018 draft. Number nine overall, Mike McGlinchey. Number 44, you traded up for Dante Pettis. Number 70, Fred Warner. Without him, this draft is a total F-bomb. Number 95, Tarvarius Moore. Number 129, Contavious Street. Number 142, DJ Reed. 184, Marcel Harris. 223, Julian Taylor. 240, Richie James. So that's the, okay, what did they do, right? That's what they did. Um, shout out to all the hashtag CCs. I love it. Sorry, I should have started with that probably. I got a little flustered. I was like, ah, nobody's in here. Uh, only to learn I, I couldn't figure it out. Um, Dan says, spring break letting me catch midday live chat. Man, I love it, Dan. Appreciate what you do for your community, man. Um, and I'll say this too. My son's on spring break currently. So um, my schedule's a little weird as well. We're going to go hey, spend a day at the beach um, after lunch once I get all my work and draft work done, um, or at least some of it. I got to cut the day short today. But uh, yeah, and then we're going skiing later in the week, uh, going up to Mammoth with the boy, which is I'm super excited about, super excited about. Um, Mike says, yeah, all pro Fred made that draft an entire success um and josh i'm gonna save your pettis take uh because that one definitely that one hurt the chapman uh <laughs> i was all in on dante pettis we'll talk about that one in a second josh says bad draft um yeah uh it's it's it, it's a mess now in today's kind of sporting world or culture or whatever i, I it, it gets frustrating at times because it's like Somebody's either a goat, greatest of all time, or they're a bust. There is no in between. And I just don't see it that way, right? Like, I understand why that sentiment has prevailed, but it's not that. 256 players were drafted this year in 2018. And how many of those players were solid? Like, okay, let's step back and not look so much at the Niners picks first. Of 256 players that were drafted, how many we got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 made all pro at one point or another. Just 12. One of those is a kicker, <laughs> Jason Sanders. Two of those are a kicker, Daniel Carlson. One's a punter, Michael Dixon. So now you're down to nine players in this draft have made, you know, all pro. And it's been, it's been over four years. I, I like to wait for the fifth year because the contract's on the next team, right? So like Mike McClinchy, right? He played for the 49ers five years, got a next contract. I think that that number tells us something. I really, really do. Now, if we're looking at just the all-pro players, Quentin Nelson went number six. Uh, he's got three all-pros. Mika Fitzpatrick went 11 after Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, I think everybody right now would say, man, Mika Fitzpatrick or Mike McGlinchey, good God, that's not even a competition. Um, but Mika... Um, actually, you know what? Let me just, I'm going to pause that for a second because I want to see what did Mika get in his deal? Um, because if, if we look at what 
His average salary is 18.4. Mike McGlinchey's average salary is 16.5. So from an NFL dollar sign, they're closer than we would probably like to admit. I don't think anybody would prefer Mike McGlinchey over Mika Fitzpatrick, right? But the positional value, tackle versus safety, is very dramatic. Um, Minka, I would argue, is the best free safety in the NFL. I would argue Mike McGlinchey might be the 10th best right tackle, maybe 8th best right tackle in the NFL, maybe a little higher. Um, Shaq Leonard, he's got three All-Pros. Fred Warner only got two All-Pros. He got snubbed one year by one vote. Um, him and Shaq have had basically the exact same career. I, I would argue, argue Fred Warner's better in coverage, but Shaq Leonard went number 36 overall. Fred Warner went number 70 overall in the third round. Shaq went second. Um, Fred went third round. Roquan Smith, again, this is just a linebacker draft. He's got one All-Pro. Derwin James, one All-Pro. Lamar Jackson, one. Mark Andrews, one. Um, and then Braxton Berrios, he had one as a returner. And so, again, like, man, if you just take away special teams, we've got six All-Pro players in this draft. Th that's it. If you want to talk Pro Bowlers, Again, uh, that brings in the quarterback position a little bit more. Nick Chubb, he's got four Pro Bowlers. Orlando Brown, um, he's got four with two different teams. Uh, Josh Allen's got three. He was picked seventh. Lamar Jackson's got two. Saquon Barkley, two. Denzel Ward, two. Bradley Chubb, two. Tremaine Edwards, two. Again, inside linebackers, man. Uh, Jair, two. Frank Ragnow, two. Wyatt Teller, two. That's it. That's all the ones that have made more than one All-Pro or Pro Bowl. That's it. It's not sexy. <laughs> this was not a sexy draft. It was a quarterback-driven draft, if you remember, because you had Baker 1, right? Sam Darnold 3, who's now with us, right? Welcome to the good guys. Um, Josh Allen was 7. Josh Rosen was 10. My biggest mistake in the draft, I really like Josh Rosen. He was with the Niners, too, for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it was just yikes. Um, and yeah, Mark right here. I, I think this is well said. He says, you know, if you're still in the league after five years, five years, that's not too bad. The, the average league length in the NFL is 2.3 years. And I don't know how they get the point three. They average it out. I understand. Not for long. This is not for long league. And so if you can be in the NFL and get a second contract, especially after five years. Now, you have to measure all the picks differently, right? Um, you have to. So the, the Niners are on the clock at number nine. No, but this was the biggest shock in the Kyle Shanahan era in the draft, in my personal opinion, was this Mike McGlinchey pick. You remember we had Trent Brown. He was our right tackle. We had Joe Staley. He was our left tackle. Everything was fine. And they go out. Nobody was mocking, you know, the the – offensive tackle they really weren't it listened to my draft write-up this was before he ever took a snap of the nfl i'll share some of them. i didn't uh do draft write-ups on all these players it's not like today uh i remember back in 2018 that that was a, a rough time for the chapman um but you know i wasn't full-time doing this but here's what i put solid pass protector great kick step footwork gets worse as play continues um being 6'8 you need to sink, sink your hips when engaging the defender, he does not do that consistently. Loses leverage consistently. Um, I would say that has played true in his NFL career. Results to a post-step where he bent in weird angles and just holds on for dear life. 
Um, doesn't have a finisher's mentality. Seems happy just stopping the guy. Doesn't try to take him to the ground ever. I put my player comp, and I, I stand by this, Taylor Luan without the killer instinct. I'd say uh, nailed it. I had a late first-round grade on him. He went number nine. Very first offensive tackle gone in this this class. First. I don't think it was a bad pick. Colton Miller, he was the next guy. Um, you remember Oakland was picking 10th. We won the coin flip that year. We had the same record, us and the Raiders. We did the coin flip. They were Oakland back then. We won, so we got to pick first. We took Mike McGlinchey. Oakland wanted Mike McGlinchey, got pissed, traded back, and then took Colton Miller. They've had very different career arcs as tackles. Now, Colton Miller's a left tackle, which is more valuable. But he was trash his first two years and has gotten better. Mike McGlinchey was great his first two years, kind of went down, excelled back to a little bit above average, and that's kind of where he is now. Very similar years. The contracts are similar. Colton Miller, $17 million. Mike McGlinchey, 16 and a half. So similar. Um, but you give the pos position value goes to Colton Miller. After that, uh, tackles Isaiah Wynn, no. That wasn't a good pick at all. Uh, Connor Williams in the second round, no. The best tackle was Orlando Brown. He was the best. Uh, but character issues, only wants to play left tackle, not team-friendly, out for himself. That's who he was at the combine. That's why he fell. Uh, that's just who he's been. Him and Baker Mayfield, synonymous with each other, played. Uh, he, Orlando Brown, here's a shoot. Let's go back. Orlando Brown, I remember we coached against these guys whenever I was still in Texas. He was the tackle for Allen him with Kyler Murray when they won all those games. Then he goes to OU with Baker Mayfield, right? And so you can kind of see just over, over, over again with these types of quarterbacks that just me, 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 me. A lot of that's OU uh, with their coaching staff, Lincoln Riley, right? He was the same thing, me, me, me. And so that permeates, and I think that that has permeated, that they attracted that personality there. Again, I'm a Longhorn, so I'm biased, so you can discount all that. But, man, you, you look at those players that came out from those teams, the super superstars, uh, I would probably argue Jalen Hurts is the one a true exception. That dude is unbelievable. But, man, Baker, Kyler, Orlando Brown, yeah, they all fit that same mold. They all fit that same mold. Just me, 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 me. Um, anyway, now, so I think tackle, if you wanted tackle, you had your first pick. I don't think they did bad there. I don't think McGlinchey was a bust at all. I mean, dude just got paid. Like, was he amazing? No. But look at the people that went after him, okay? And so McGlinchey went nine. Rosen went 10. Rosen's way worse. Fitzpatrick went 11. Way better. Way better. Vita Vea, one Pro Bowl, um, three years starting. Yeah, They've started the same games. Vita Vea is incredible. Duran Payne, now that pick, good gosh. Number 13, he's incredible. Um, yeah, he's he's that would have been great. Marcus Davenport, nope. Colton Miller, again, we did that. Tremaine Edmonds. He's been great, but not near as good. We got so lucky getting Fred Warner later in this draft. Derwin James, that's who I probably would have went with. Um, one All-Pro, three Pro Bowls. He's been injured a lot. So, like, again, looking at the McGlinchey pick. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've seen it five years. We've seen it five years in a row. I, I don't know. Like, let me ask you guys in the chat. If you had to grade that McGlinchey pick, knowing every single thing that you know now, and again, if it operated under the premise, like if you're going to go tackle, because if you remember, John Lynch said, you know, our first draft 2017, we were just trying to get guys that could play in our scheme. 2018, we wanted cornerstones. Mike Valenci started five years. Five years. Now, he did have that injury last year and tw- or two years ago. But if you had to grade the Mike McGlinchey pick, knowing what you know now, what would you give it? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, right? Whatever. I think it's a solid B. I think that's where it goes. You didn't miss. You didn't miss. Is he an all-pro player? No. Is he a Pro Bowl player? No. Was he consistent right tackle? Yes, he was. Now, the, the posterized plays are bad. But again, man, where is he as far as... Let me look up salaries. I'm curious. Where he fits as far as right tackles go. Not that this is like the end-all, be-all. But just salary is a demarcation line. It's the what figures into comp picks and all that stuff. He's the fifth highest right tackle. Fifth highest. Lane Johnson won. Jawan Taylor, two. Brian O'Neill, three. Taylor Moten, four. Mike McGlinchey, five. Actually, he's tied with Braden Smith. They both have 17.5. So, very similar. Head of Jack Conklin, Rob Heavenstein, Lyle Collins, all those guys. So, it's interesting. Yeah, I've seen the answers, and I agree with these. Josh says B, B. Dave says B minus, (laughs) or a J. (laughs) Well, Wood says uh, five-year starter B. 79.6 79.6 gets rounded up. That is a teacher. That is a teacher, man. Uh, that is, Dad, you are the freaking man. Uh, pass C, Rudd A, overall B. Ooh, breaking it down, Colin. I like it. The rubric. B minus from Kevin. Uh, best run blocker. Yes, he is the best run blocking tackle in this draft class by far. B. Yeah, everybody say B. Nobody disagrees. Um, so, so that's that pick. Now, all right. Let's scroll down, and for the Kyle Shanahan, can't get away from him, can't stop him, Dante Pettis, baby. Oh, I was, this was the draft that was in Dallas. And I remember because I don't think I was in Dallas at the time. I already moved to California, and so I flew back to Dallas to see family and friends, and we all went to the draft together. And... You know, we we were able to get in, which was awesome. I, I bribed some guy for his press pass, bought him a bunch of beer, gave me his press pass. I was like, man, let me go down there to second pick. I go down to the stage, like right in front of the stage. As soon as they said, 49ers trade. I was like, dude, give me your press pass. <laughs> I won't say who it was. He gave it to me. Um, I did pay for all the beer. And then I ran down there in time for the pick, and I was so excited. I probably should have loaded that film. Uh, It was cell phone, crappy, whatever. Uh, Anyway, so the the Niners traded up to pick 44, 
for Dante Pettis. Now, this pick didn't work out. I loved, I absolutely loved Dante Pettis. Oh, my God. He was my number, I think, two or three. One, two. Yeah, he was my third wide receiver that year. Here's what I said. Um, this is my draft write-up before I ever played. Dante Pettis comes from a family of professional athletes. Five-time gold glove winning father, center fielder in the majors, uh, blah, 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 blah. Exceptional returner, 24 career touchdowns for the Huskies, amazing route runner, elite juking skills, separation on his route every single play, catches everything, never drops the ball, great body control. Golden Tate without the bulk. I had a middle to late first round. I loved Dante Pettis. I loved him. Ugh. But up here matters. And, you know, maybe the, the title of this is 49ers Lessons Learned in the 2018 Draft. Maybe this is for me because my lesson is that I turned from this. Man, I don't get to talk to these guys. I don't put them through tests. I, I don't know the psyche. I don't know what they're like in the locker room. I don't know what their social lives are like. This guy was just weak, weak, weak upstairs. And I don't want to be mean because I do think Dante Pettis is a good dude. It's just, man, he started hearing footsteps, got out with the locker room, people having issues, drama in the locker room. I don't want to get into all that, but it just, uh, it just got bad, man. It just got bad. <laughs> Spicy says Pettis revenge game. Where's he? Is he is he on the Giants now? I think he is on the Giants. Is that right? Uh, Chicago. Yeah, he beat us last year on Chicago. Is he still with Chicago? Uh, I think he is. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Let me look at his his salary. Is he still with Chicago? I know he scored that freaking touchdown against us on that busted play. Let's see. Uh, no, he's a free agent. He's an unrestricted free agent that has not been signed. He's 27 years old, five years experience. He's not with he's not a so affiliated with the team, according to um Spotrack, Spotrack, however you say it. So that that's Dante Pettis. Now, the Niners traded up to go get him. The Niners were sitting back. What were we at? We were at 59. They traded up to 44. You jumped up 15 spots. And yeah, they, they wanted him so bad. But the fact that you traded up for him makes it worse. But it, it demonstrated this is exactly what Shanahan wanted. He wanted this guy. He believed in this guy, right? Dante Pettis. But listen to the trade details. Niners got the best of this trade, right? Okay, so you traded with the Washington. They were the Redskins back then. You gave up 59 and 74, second and a third. They picked Darius Geis, complete bust, character, out of the NFL, rape allegations, all that stuff, whatever else, allegedly. And the third pick, uh, number 74 overall, Jerron Christian, never did anything. They, The two guys they got sucked. 49ers got Dante Pettis, all right, and DJ Reed. I would argue the, the best player of this trade was the guy picked 142 overall, right? This is why I love dart throws. Because if you just got Dante, then both sides lose. Nobody won. But, man, the 49ers won this trade. Now, with what happened with T.J. Reed, <laughs> that, that, that kind of changes it. So if there was a winner in the trade, there is no doubt the 49ers got the two better players. Did either of those two better players do anything for the 49ers of significance? 
DJ Reed a little bit. So nobody won. We are all losers here. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. But I would rather have what the Niners got with Pettis, even for a short term, and DJ Reed, even for a short term, than anything they got from both those players. So now the trade worked out. You won the trade. There's no doubt. Right? Like, am I wrong there? Is there anybody that's going to take those other two guys over DJ Reed and Dante Pettis? Like, but the decision with the pick was bad. Um, and the recovery, thank you for your super chat. I'm going to jump into that um, as after I finish this Pettis talk, if that's cool. Let's try to stay on schedule. That I'll, I, I really want to talk about what you talked about. So you take Dante Pettis, number 44 overall, second round, trade up to get him. What wide receivers were still on the board? Christian Kirk would much rather have Christian Kirk. Anthony Miller, no. Um, him, yeah, Anthony Miller's career and Dante Pettis's career, Anthony Miller's had a better career. Uh, 140 catches to Pettis' 71. The same amount of touchdowns, 12. But still, no, like nothing big there. James Washington, who I really liked out of um, Oklahoma State, I liked him, but that didn't pan out. DJ Chark, I'd much rather take DJ Chark. Um, let's see here. Any more wide receivers? Michael Gallup. I love Michael Gallup. His injury just ruined it. So it was just a bad pick. If, if we look outside of the wide receiver position, what else was on the board there? Josh Jackson, the corner out of Iowa. I loved him. He was terrible. <laughs> I was so wrong on him. Um, Uchenna Nwoso, he plays for the Seahawks now. Rush linebacker, really, really good. Dallas Goddard, 49 tight end, amazing. Um, Kamiko Ture, who we just had. MJ Stewart, corner, no. Jesse Bates, safety. This was a safety draft, man. We didn't get one. He was there. Dante Jackson, corner, great. Isaiah Oliver, corner. He went 58. He went 58. So there wasn't a lot in the immediate aftermath, but it was the wrong pick. Dante Pettis, Pettis was the wrong pick. 100%. 100% was wrong. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it hurt. The the cat paws, right? The, the the That's just a weird celebration, bro. <laughs> that's a weird ce- it's unique, though. Um, anyway, uh, the super chat, man. Thank you so much for the recovery. He says, John, this is off topic. What do you think about Mostert's comments on how we should have ran the ball more in 2019 Super Bowl? Thanks. Yeah, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. You should have ran the ball more. I love Kyle Shanahan. Top four NFL coach for me. Top four. Top four. But, yeah, there's mistakes. That's what we're doing right now. How many? This Dante Pettis was a Kyle Shanahan pick. Believe you me. Believe you me. Um, he was wrong. He was wrong the year before on Joe Williams. He was wrong this year on Dante Pettis, but, but also right on a lot of other guys. Criticism is always welcomed and should be encouraged in every facet of life, whether it's professionally, socially, relationship, it doesn't matter. Criticism is important, but going from criticism to Kyle Shanahan should be fired after the NFC championship game in 2022. That's just stupid, <laughs> right? Like, so don't be stupid. It, don't be the bust or goat conversation. No, no, no. There are, there's winners and losers. There's all those things. Should Kyle Shanahan have ran the ball more? Yes. My biggest critique. I have a lot of critiques of Kyle. I love him. I have a lot of critiques for every single coach of the NFL. Um, 
but that doesn't mean I think they're bad coaches. Whenever I was a coach and I started off at the bottom, I had critiques of my OC, my DC, my head coach. As I moved up through the ranks or whatever and eventually become a head coach, I still had critiques of the way I was coaching. I would finish a game and be like, golly, man, we never attacked backside B-gap. Oh, man, how did we not throw the slant route more often? What if we got the quarter? Like, those things happen. You have to be critical of all those things. And I think Raheem Mostert, rightfully so. Raheem Mostert got us to the Super Bowl, right? Perhaps the greatest playoff game by a running back in the history of the NFL against, you know, what was his... I want to, I want to look up his stats here. I want I want to talk about this because I think it's important. I, I really really do. If we look at what Mostert did in those playoff those playoff games, okay? Not just that one game, okay? But literally two of them. All right, so we go to Minnesota, right? We had the first we had the number 1 seed that year, I believe. Number 1 or number 2. That was way back when one and two seeds get a bye. I think they had the the two seed, whatever. It doesn't matter. One seed, doesn't matter. 12 carries, 58 yards for, you know, that was the Minnesota game. Nothing special. The Green Bay game, the national, uh, the NFC championship game. 29 carries, 220 yards, 7.5 yards per carry, four touchdowns. One of the greatest games in the history. I don't care what position you want to put in there. That is stupid. It, it, that's stupid what he was able to do. Then you go back to the Super Bowl, 12 carries, 58 yards, one touchdown, one target, two yards. And on top of that, Mostert didn't get one touch in the first quarter. Coming off the greatest game, postseason game in the history of any running back ever, and you decide not to use the guy that got you there? Now, they would have won that game without Mostert against the Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers. We destroy him all the time all the time, which I love. Um, but, yeah, it bothered me, man. Yeah, why would you put the game in Jimmy's hands at that point? Now, I will say Jimmy was cooking. Through three quarters, he had better everything than Patrick Mahomes. But you don't just play three quarters, right? You play it all. So I like criticism. I don't mind most criticism. I don't mind that. We should have ran the ball more. Like, I don't mind when Marshawn Lynch makes claims about running the ball in the freaking one yard line i don't ma- mind when frank gore says we should have ran the ball instead of throwing three straight fades to michael trabtree like yes yes yeah <laughs> yeah hindsight's 2020 and when kyle shanahan panics he goes straight to the pass we, th- this is not new this is not new so anyway um now real, i did ask everybody oh right here coach cruz what's up coach uh, he says, Moster just said what we were all thinking at the time. Still thinking it. That's okay. So now back to Dante Pettis. How do you guys grade the Dante Pettis pick? But you got to keep in mind, we won the trade. A, B, C, D, F. We won the trade. Pettis was not good. And in fact, Dante Pettis, his best play was not for us. Was not for us. Um was not for us. It has been for other teams. It was for the Giants. And how many teams? Let me see here. Let me see how many how many games did Dante Pettis play for the 49ers? He only started 12 games for us. He played in 28. That's it. He did have seven touchdowns for us. So actually his best play was for us. 
He started uh, no games for the Giants in two years, played in five, had two touchdowns, 14 catches. For the Bears, he started seven games last year and had 19 catches, three touchdowns. You know, he's just, he's kind of their fifth wide receiver. That, that's kind of what he is. Dan says, you got to remember we had back in 2017, our wide receivers were Garcon, Goodwin, Trent Taylor, Aldrick Robinson, Aaron Burbridge. That's a name for the past. Uh, it was the right position. Just targeted too early, but our guy was Hoyer. Jeez, we need three first-round picks. <laughs> oh, he's coming at it. I freaking love it. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. What's the need? Failed uh, D, C minus, C. Yeah, I think these are appropriate. Yeah. Oh, Slick, still pissed I bought that jersey. Ugh. Yeah, you can't wear that anymore. They can't. You got to give that to Goodwill, man, or something. Uh, rated T for trade that pick my outweigh a veteran wide receiver. Oh man. Uh, Dave, didn't he catch Jimmy's first touchdown pass as a Niner in Seattle? It's possible his best play ever. He had the game winning reception. I think it was against the Steelers. Yeah. I think it was against the Steelers where he came back and like, it's a hell of a play because we were down is late in the fourth. And that dude fought back for the ball. Wasn't a good pass from Jimmy caught it, won the game. Yeah, that, that, that was huge. His best game was against us when he busted coverage. Yeah, it was like one catch. Um, yeah, it was one catch. So anyway, that, that's fun. That's I don't know. I'm laughing out of sadness. I'm dead inside. I really, like, you know what I mean? Like, whenever you get that player that you're just like, oh, boy, this dude's going to be it. Him and Jalen Hurd got me twice. Ugh, got me twice. Got me twice. Uh, who was your player? Let's try to stick to the current 49ers regime. Who was your player that the 49ers drafted that you were just 100% in on that you thought was just going to be a beast and it just didn't pan out? Um, mine were Pettis and Jalen Hurd. I have a type. I have a type. <laughs> uh, Niner Vega, thank you for the super chat, my friend. It says, remember when most Niners fans wanted McDaniels over Kyle midway through last season. Yo, so you're not talking Josh McDaniels. You're talking Mike McDaniel. Um, yes, Niner Vega. I do. And I remember both. I remember both. I remember when everybody wanted Josh McDaniels. That's gross to me. I don't want anything to do with the Patriots. Their coaching staff can't work anywhere because they don't treat people like human beings. Um, and they don't have Tom Brady. You look at Bill Belichick. Not a great coach whenever Tom Brady ain't around there. Uh, below 500. Below 500 without Tom Brady as a career. Um, anyway, you're talking Mike McDaniel. I freaking love Mike McDaniel. Where would I put him? Like I said, I've got Kyle Shanahan four. My favorite coach in the NFL is Mike Tomlin. He's number one. Andy Reid I'm putting up there. But remember, Andy Reid never won a Super Bowl for 20 years of coaching. He got fired, had to go somewhere else. When did he win a Super Bowl? When he got the best quarterback in the NFL. That's it. That's it. So it's it's interesting if you look at it because that's where it gets kind of weird, right? And yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just, I really don't know. Um, it, it's just kind of, I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, now, the the other coach that I would take, again, and maybe I'm wrong here, but Sean McDermott uh, for Buffalo. That's my number three. 
wasn't he was good, but wasn't great until he got a top five quarterback in Josh Allen. Then he was great. Still never won a Super Bowl. But Mike McDaniel, I like. And I, I love him. And I really wish we could have kept him. But man, the NFL needs him as a head coach. The NFL's better. He's hitting vape pins on the sideline, talking trash, making fun of Washington's franchise for making him pay coffee. Uh, he's just that dude is just a personality that needs to be in front of a camera or a microphone at all times. I, I love him. But do I put him up there with Kyle? Maybe eventually. We've only seen one year of him, and he had a quarterback that was broken halfway through, um, which sucks. I, I hope to uh, – I don't know. I hope he gets better. We'll see. They're going all in. He's he's greedy, greedy, and I like that. But, yeah, those people – you remember that game? I've referenced this a lot. The best game this year that I went to, the number one game I went to a lot, the Miami game. That's what Jimmy got hurt. And all expectations from the stadium just shoom. I mean, you could, it was just like everybody was, oh, I went and got beer. I went and got beer. <laughs> this was my man, Ricky. Shout out to Ricky uh, and the South Lake crew or as Tahoe crew. Um, anyway, you talker. There we go. I got it right. But man, that game was so fun. They were eight and three. I think we were like uh, five and four, maybe, or something like four and four, maybe. We just blew them out of the water. That was such a great game. Such a great game. Oh, it was incredible. Um, yeah, and D Judd, what's up, man? He says, every coach makes mistakes. Uh, doesn't mean you're not a great coach. It's okay to critique coaches, but doesn't mean they're not great coaches of other teams. That's the thing. And that's part of the reason why I enjoy doing things like this is because when you put things into context, Dante Pettis' picks sucked. But the trade, you won. You look at the wide receivers around the position. It was the right position. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And when people ask me all the time, like, man, shouldn't we trade up? Shouldn't we trade up? I'm like, man, I don't know. I want these spots. I want these spots. So now let's go to the best pick of the draft. Third round, number 70 overall, Fred freaking Warner. Holy cow, man. Holy cow. If this draft, okay, here we go. Let's let's play this game. I am using Pro Football Reference, and if you haven't used this site, it's pretty freaking awesome. Um, it's just it's a database, and what I tried to share my screen and whatever else, but it just doesn't translate very well. Like here, I'll, I'll show you. I'll share it just briefly. Like it doesn't translate well. It doesn't come across the screen well because again, it's just like an Excel spreadsheet database. Even if I zoom in, it's just not good. Okay, so. That's why I'm just explaining and not showing it. Doesn't work very well. But if you go check it out, it's free site, profootballreference.com. You can click on the draft, go to 2018. You can filter it across all these different fields. It's incredible. Um, you can go by what they call weighted career approximate value. Um, and what it does is it basically puts in all these different numbers um, to determine who who got the best value. Um, who has been the best player? Bunch of metrics. You can look at the formulas that they use. In this draft, Lamar Jackson's number one. He's got a 69 grade. Nice. Josh Allen's number two, 68. And then you got two players tied with a 56. Shaq Leonard, Fred Warner. So if you were redrafting, according to what you know now, going off of this, Fred Warner would be the third or fourth overall pick. I would argue, I don't think anybody in the NFL would take Shaq Leonard over Fred Warner. Um, that's just my own personal take. Maybe I am wrong there. 
Um, I wonder how old is Shaq? Uh, Shaq is 27, about to be 28. And Fred Warner is, let's see here, 26. And he's going to be 26 to start the season. So he's younger, uh, better in coverage. That's it. So if you're going off this list, you are drafting Fred Warner, number three. Quarterbacks, I get it. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen should go. It'd probably be inverted. Probably be Josh Allen first, then Lamar Jackson, then Fred Warner. That should be the order of this draft. And whenever you get the number third overall player in the draft at pick 70, now you get to play with some of the fun, like, oh, Mike McGlinchey was all right. We all gave him a B. You, you go to Dante Pettis, C or a D, probably a D, average. Now you're here. If you, What grade do you give the pick for Fred Warder? That's an A freaking plus. That's an A plus. Right? That, that that is an A freaking plus. Uh there's 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 no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Uh I mean, just an absolute great pick. He's been just he's been unbelievable, man. And I, I'm so excited to be a part about a part of this team. Um yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. We're we're getting some fun uh arguments in the chat. What's up, Kitty Powers? Glad you are here, man. Um, he's talking about trading Kyle Shedahead in all caps consistently. Um, I, I like it. Uh, you do what you got to do, man. Uh, yeah. What are you going to trade him for? Now who's your head coach? You want to trade him? Yeah, you can trade head coaches. And Kyle and John Lynch have joked around repeatedly saying, we, we even say we'll trade each other, which I like. But what are you going to trade him for? Who's your new coach going to be? Like, uh, I don't know. It's very short-sighted. And again, if you're doing the pecking of this entire franchise, it goes Yorks, Kyle, Big Gap, John Lynch, just so you understand. Remember, Kyle picked John, not John picked Kyle. So and as long as you got a good head coach, you're going to be just fine. The proof is in the pudding. Has he won a Super Bowl yet? No. No, he has not. And I get that's a legit criticism. I get that. Three out of four in FC championships, that's pretty freaking insane. There's no way in hell they're moving on them. Even if somebody offered a first-round pick, they're not moving on them. And again, you got to ask yourself the question. The people keep forgetting, who would you replace him with? It's okay to be upset at Kyle. It's okay to not like Kyle. Yeah, he's cocky. He's arrogant. He's you know surrounds himself with people that he knows. Those are legit criticisms. But again, who are you going to put in his place? Who are you going to put in his place? Um, that, that's just what it is. And Josh right here. Love the Kyle era. Hope he's around another 20 years. I'm with you. Um, I am absolutely with you. We're getting lots of a pluses, a pluses, a pluses, a plus extra credit. It, it's probably the best pick of the draft because again, like we just said, he, he's a third, he went number 70. If we're just sticking to this approximated weighted value, I mean, it, Lamar Jackson, first-round pick. Allen, first-round pick. Shaq, second-round pick. Fred, third. Quentin Nelson's next, first. Roquan Smith, first. Orlando Brown, pick number 83. He would be the next one on the list. Then you got to go down to Mark Andrews, who's like 15th on this list. He's the third round. Like You see what I'm saying? Like You got that pick. Oh, that changed everything. And again, let's stick with this now. You go back to 2017. Don't forget Solomon Thomas. Again, 
Dante Pettis like in that complete bust. I, I, I don't want to say that. It's a bust because it was the third overall pick. But you don't get the Fred Warner pick without the Solomon Thomas trade, right? It's easy to sit there and say Solomon Thomas didn't work. It was a terrible pick. However, when you weigh into that, you got the Fred Warner pick and trading back that one spot. Mm. Now the conversation starts to turn a little bit. Because if you would have drafted Fred Warner third in the 27th draft, you would be very happy. We all would be. Doesn't excuse the pick, but it does provide color and context to that. When whenever I asked earlier about the players that you know you thought were going to be studs that didn't work out, Trey says Thomas and Foster. Oh, yeah, that that's that hurts. That one hurts. Um, yeah, that one that one hurts. It still hurts me. <laughs> Both those two. Right here, Dan says, I was so excited for Joe Williams. So was Shanahan, right? Pounded the table. Didn't know anything about him. He said, Kyle put uh back on the board. Just didn't work out. Didn't work out. Judd said, I remember half the fan base didn't want Bosa instead, Quinn and Williams. Yeah, I remember that. A lot of prominent content creators. I don't want to put names on there in a negative light, but like, yeah, that was, that was weird. Uh, I just didn't understand that. I thought it was so simple hindsight simple but i thought it was simple then too uh, i was convinced that arizona was going to take bosa i was like no way they're taking a 510 quarterback no way and i was wrong and i'm thankful they were wrong josh says heard for sure trey sermon uh coach Cruz says heard for me there we go uh yeah there were a bunch of those man there were a bunch of those uh it, it's yeah that's rough all right scroll it down through the chat i love it you guys are going at it um, and Josh, thank you. Solomon, amazing human, just drafted way too early. He was a tweener. It was a projection pick who had a lot of pro production, but not in the system that we played him in. And again, back to you want to critique Kyle Shanahan and this coaching staff playing position, playing players out of position. That's my number one critique. It's number one for me. You know, play calling, I get that. You can always criticize play calling, and rightfully so. And guess what? Look at our next pick. Number 95, Tarvarius Moore. Didn't mind the pick. You know, you're, you're picking him late. Third round, number 95, into the third round. But my critique, what's my critique? You drafted a safety, and you put him at corner. You never played it before, and absolutely flamed out. You wasted this kid for two years. Then you move him back to safety. He started the Super Bowl, had an interception of the Super Bowl. Um, but just special teamer. If you watch our special teams breakdowns on Patreon, <laughs> uh, you know I am not the biggest Tarvarius Moore fan. Um, just not there. But, uh, yeah, he, he's – what's he started? He, he's playing a lot of games for us. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah, he hasn't I, – I don't like him. But now you're 95th overall pick. Like, all right, you gambled on upside, like that. Position of value, like that. Look at the people that went after him. Harrison Phillips, defensive tackle, hell of a player. Mason Cole, center, hell of a player. Jordan Atkins, tight end, all right. Like, there weren't a lot of, like, studs jumping off. Josie Jewell, inside line. This was the best linebacker draft. Good gosh, man, there's so many studs there. Like, there just wasn't much available. Um, it, it was bad. The next... You know, 30 picks after that, nobody really did anything. Nobody did. Uh, Jordan Whitehead, the safety went picks 117. He's a good player. 
But again, I mean, that's, you know, another 20-something picks afterwards. Like, it just was bad. Um, then we get to Contavious Street in the fourth round. Really didn't like that guy. Um, just could not anchor. Injured, injured, injured. Absolute one of the worst players um, against the run in the NFL. I, I really did think that he was one of the worst players in the NFL. Now, he's a pass rusher only. He goes to the Saints last year and gets three and a half sacks, new career high for him. But he can't do anything in the run game. He just can't. They double-team him. Like, it's just bad. Uh, he's part of the reason why they drafted Javon Kinlaw was because they had guys that couldn't anchor. And that's a whole other discussion. I don't want to get into that. Um, now, look who went right after him. Josh Sweat for the Eagles. That hurts. 28 and a half career sacks. That hurts. That hurts. That one hurts. Pro Bowl year. I mean, just a beast. John Franklin Myers, defensive end, 16 and a half sacks went there. Uh, just right after him, Dalton Schultz, the tight end. A lot of Maurice Hurst went right there. Like, guys went right after him that were good players. And then we get to the fifth round pick, DJ Reed. Gosh, what a good pick. What a great freaking pick. Out of Kansas State, hell of a player. We had him for two years. He started two games for us, and he got injured. Then we decided, and this was a Kyle Shanahan sneak move. He's really good at roster stuff, and he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Tried to stash him on IR to free up a roster spot. Contavious freaking street of all people. At least that's the way I ranked it. And Seattle swooped in and took him and just dominated for them. He started... Uh, 22 games for Seattle and was just great. He was just great. Um, four picks for him all over the place. Just hell of a player. Now he's in uh, New York with the Jets with Sala. And started every game last year, all 17 games. Just played great. He's a hell of a player. He would be starting for us. He would probably be the nickel and Demo. He would probably be the outside guy and Demo would be like, that was, you drafted correctly. You just didn't manage the roster right. You didn't read the room, Kyle. <laughs> you didn't read the room. Um, ugh, man, that dude is a baller. He's 26. Man, could you imagine him and Ward and Demo? Ugh. But yeah, sometimes you get cute. And you get cute and it happens. Uh, let's see here. Reed was played out of position, correct? Ooh. That is a very good question. Let me see if I did my draft right up on him. I don't know if I did. Let me see. No, I did not. I didn't get to him. He was a safety nickel corner at K-State. He played all over the place. And, yeah, we wanted him to go to outside corner. But, yeah, I think you're right, Josh. Um, when keeping it real goes wrong. When keeping it real goes wrong. But, yeah, DJ Reed, awesome draft. Like, he would be, in this draft, the second best player. Next to Fred Warner. This was a home run. This was a home freaking run. And you let him go. Ugh. You're breaking my heart, Smalls. Breaking my heart. All right. Then we jump down to pick 184. Marcel Harris. Safety. We moved to linebacker. <laughs> we just can't draft guys that do what they do. We always want more. You know what I mean? It's the mystery box, right? Like the Family Guy mystery box scene. I don't know if you reference it. Like they win some prize and Peter and Lois go into the thing. And they're like, congratulations, you win a boat. Or if you want to, 
you can leave the boat and go with what's in the mystery box. <laughs> and, and, and Peter goes, or Lois says, oh, we're taking the boat. And Peter goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. The boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could be a boat. <laughs> and they, they take the mystery boxes, like two tickets or something else. Stupid. I don't know, whatever. But like, gosh, just let these guys be what they are. I, I don't like, I, now I will say this. I think it's different with a six round pick like Marcel Harris transitioning than a first round number three overall pick who's always played interior defensive line and you move them outside, didn't work for two and a half years, or you draft somebody in the third round like Tarvarius Moore that's always played safety and you move them to corner, didn't work, and then moving somebody a six round pick from safety to linebacker. Like I get that, you know, he was in and out, in and out, in and out of the cut, brought back, cut, brought back. Um, Just such a huge splash player. Did he play anywhere last year? I think he's out. I think he's done. No, he was with the jets. Yeah. Special teamer with the jets. That makes me very happy. Robert Sala liked him. You know, I mean, that's good. Marcel Harris was a good dude. Um, But again, he started, 20 games for the Niners. Um, he was kind of that third linebacker and special teams guy. And he was just a boom bust guy on every play. He either made an electric play for the 49ers or he made a huge mistake with a bad angle, missed tackle, whatever for the opposing team. But I think you got value. I, I don't think this was a bad pick. You did cut him and bring him back. So maybe that kind of negates that conversation. But no, it, I liked him. Now, you look at players around him, Deion Kane, wide receiver, who I liked, didn't pan out. Ray-Ray McLeod got him eventually. Deshaun Elliott, that dude was a B-safety. Um, a lot of these guys, Russell Gage, Sebastian Joseph Day, defensive tackle. Like, there's guys, but you're kind of in this weird position, right, where it's just like whatever. Um, then we get Julian Taylor. Oh, Julian Taylor, the defensive end. He was supposed to be... The DeForest Buckner replacement or DeForest Buckner light. Um, yeah, he he was interesting. He was really he went played at Temple, and the Niners kept him as a healthy scratch on the roster forever. He only appeared in six games in 2018, six games in 2019, never started. Uh, did he even get it? Yeah, he had like 16 tackles, no sacks. But like they loved him because he was like an ultimate run stuffer, and they just kept hoping he would develop, he would develop, he would develop, and he just never did. They they finally cut him, moved on, and he landed nowhere. So that that's a bad pick. Uh, that's a bad pick. Just didn't pan out. But they kept him for two years. Like they thought he was going to grow into something special. Didn't grow into something special. He did not. And then our last pick of the draft, seventh round, Niners legend, baby, Richie James. Man, there were so many people that were just in love with Richie James. He was fun, you know? Uh, Middle Tennessee State, 5'9", 185. Got him in seventh round, number 240 overall. And he was with us for three years. You remember he had that one crazy game, the COVID game, when, oh, who was it? It wasn't Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I think it was Trent Williams. Trent Williams was a close contact in COVID, and he was hanging out with Ayuk, and it took all the wide receivers out of the room, right? Because this was like back during COVID rules where if you had a close contact, you couldn't play. And it all happened the day before the game. 
And so we had healthy scratches out like Wazoo. And so Richie James, oh, what was his stat line? Let me find this because, yeah, it was hilarious. It was against the Packers. It was supposed to be Brandon Ayuk's, like, breakout game, right? And it just – here it is. Yeah, it was November 5th, 2020. 13th – this is against the Packers. We lost 17-34. to 34. Um, He had 13 targets, 9 catches, 184 yards, 1 touchdown. The dude just went ham. He just went off. Um, yeah, we lost that game. <laughs> he didn't play the entire 2021 season. Then he landed with the Giants, and he had some good games with the Giants, man. He, he really, really did finish. He, he had some good games. He was the only wide receiver. And what did he finish last year with? By far his best year. Only started four games, but played in all games. He had 57 catches, 569 yards, four touchdowns for the Giants last year. By far his best season. Career highs all the way across the board. So, you know, he's a guy, seventh round. That was a hit. That was a hit. So how would you guys grade Richie James knowing his best year would with us? But you draft somebody 240 overall, and you get three years of production out of them. That, that's, that's good. That's really, really good. Um, and, yeah, he's going to be in the mix for the Giants for a long time, I think. Um, I, I think he is. I think he is. Uh, it, it, he was funny because I remember during that time it was Kendrick Bourne, right? It was Richie James and people would always be like, man, we're not going to keep both these guys. There's no way like draft somebody, let them go. And everybody was like team Bourne or team Richie James. Uh, it, it was funny. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, <laughs> Josh says liked Richie C plus. I, I mean, if you get anything in the seventh round, like you win, you win. Listen, I mean, I can't even find – there's one player. He's a punter. He doesn't count. You have two players that even have close to a year's worth of starting after after him. One's a punter, Logan Cook. I don't know who that is. Ryan Izzo uh, with the Patriots. Um, he had he, – he was all right. Started 19 games. Yeah, played in 19 games. Uh, Justin Jackson, the running back, he's a, like the number four running back for the Chargers. And Auden Tate, he's played in 35 games. Richie James played in 57. So he, he's kind of been the guy. That's a good pick. I, I'm sorry. I'd, put, I'd probably put like a B-plus on that. I'd probably put like a B-plus on that. I, I, I really would. And so now, the question, what do we learn? What do the 49ers learn? Don't draft so many uh, injured players. It stop converting these dudes, right? Stop converting. Stop converting. Stop converting. I, I don't like that. But not a great draft, but you know the Fred Warner just makes it just covers up a lot of ugly, right? And you know the DJ Reed, nice. Richie James, nice. It's it's what it is. No more converting. There we go. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> That was fun. That was fun. Um, we're going to have a lot more content this week. We do have our 1994 watch party. This is going to be a fun one because we got the Detroit Lions, baby. Um, we're in week six of the 1994 season, Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Every single Patreon member is invited, no matter your tier. Um, come hang out. Uh, hour and a half, we're going to watch the game. We're going to see Barry Sanders, Chris Spillman on defense, some of the coolest jerseys ever. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
Um, and as far as Patreon stuff, man, we I got a lot of stuff up there. Um, Tyler Scott, wide receiver, Cincinnati. Trey Tucker, Cincinnati. Josh Wild, Leonard Taylor, tight end, Cincinnati. Payne Durham, Purdue. Charlie Jones, per, Purdue. Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver I love, Ole Miss. Nick Broker uh, just did another one last night um, on the Illinois backfield um all the guys back there which man they're every single person that they have <laughs> on their defensive backs are going to be drafted so that was a fun fun tape safety sydney brown safety jartavius martin safety kendall smith they're going to have three safeties drafted this year and cornerback devin witherspoon who i didn't spend much time on because he's probably going to be a top 15 pick but you know he's there if you want to josh said he loved loved the mingo film ah, i'm telling you man I'm that dude. I'm so high on that cat. Um, anyway, lots of stuff over there. Just Google 49ers Patreon. Um, go check it out. Once you sign up to a seven day free trial, uh, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, but thank you to the executive producers of today's show. 49er George 365, Kilted Niner, Philip K, David G and Timothy R. You guys make this show happen. Thank you for all you do. And for everybody else, man, this was fun. Uh, it's fun to look back, reassess, Kind of move forward. What can we learn? That was fun. Uh, let me know if you enjoyed that. Reach out to us, 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com, Twitter, JL underscore Chapman, or 49ers Rush Podcast, every other social media platform. Until next time, stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.